1: Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of King of the Road. My name's Rory Jennings and I'm the guy who went viral this weekend for <laughs> something that I'm not that impressed with. And I looked a complete <laughs> wally on every single internet forum that there is. Joining me is a dear friend of mine. His name's Rob Armstrong. He's from the Football Republic and he his surname really should be changed from Armstrong to Iscariot. But more oh, about I'm, that. What,
2: what, an intro. what an intro. Cutting Accurate. me down straight away. Accurate though. No, not really. Just because we can't all introduce ourselves as, yeah, I went viral this week. My but, name is Rory Jennings, and I, I went viral. It was a mistake. It was a huge. You didn't error. mean to. You got mugged off. I know. I feel. It, I, you I, didn't make it viral. Someone made you viral.
1: I'm, tr- I'm trying to put a positive spin on an otherwise uh, harmful and hurtful process. It, w- it was something that I didn't enjoy, but it <laughs> is something that. I stand, by, I stand by every word, which probably says... Which
2: uh, probably says more about you than it does about anything else, really. I mean, you stand by every word after you got proven wrong. I did, but isn't that the well, point let, of a football fan? Let, let's let's mention what it was first. Yeah, true. Um, to, <laughs> to the
1: one person in the world who hasn't seen this yet, I imagine everybody's fully aware of... Everybody listening to this, anyway, is fully aware of what happened. I made a prediction video about the Chelsea versus Crystal Palace game, and in that video, I zealously and passionately went after Roy Hodgson, I said that Antonio Conte, I think the direct quote is, Antonio Conte does not lose
2: to Roy Hodgson. He did. He did. He, he did. did. Badly. Again. Oh, no, not again. You lost to Palace last year, but obviously Hodgson went not there, was he? No,
1: but we did lose to Palace. And, yeah, everything I said about Roy Hodgson, see, I think on this podcast, actually, the first ever episode, I went in on Hodgson. Because he <laughs> is my mortal enemy, Rob. He is the man... He you ruined was, your
2: trip to Nice.
1: He ruined my trip to Nice. He ruined my trip to Rio de Janeiro. Me and Roy are not friends. And the thought of, of uh, being responsible for sending Palace to, what, a record nine defeats was something I was so up for. Hodgson, <laughs> he brought him in. He would have lost more games than De Boer. It was all looking so rosy. And then Zaha had the game of his life. And some Chelsea fan, can you believe? I thought it was a Tottenham fan, which I held my hands up I thought, fair enough. I found out today it was a Chelsea fan who... Must have sat at home, hoping that Chelsea would lose, doing his little editing bit on Premiere to make that clip.
2: <laughs> Unreal. Didn't Chelsea, the club as well, put out some clip about how bad Palace were? It was like a stat file on yes. Palace for the season and then they tweeted it out. It's like, Palace haven't scored a goal in this amount of time. They've not won any games. Yes. And then you went and... Yes, and I, th- I think that uh, the overconfidence on display from me
1: started at top level. <laughs> I think I think that you know the club put out that tweet. That tweet, I did my thing on YouTube, and so they're to blame. Yeah, well, I, anybody other than me, Rob. So if you can spin it that way, I'm I'm completely in favour of let us doing that.
2: Mm, I think you should stand by. I mean, you were filmed doing it.
1: The thing. The thing is here, right? And I think this is just it's a question, pretty good evidence. I, I, but this is this is the thing, and I'd, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this. And equally, anybody listening. I can't understand if how anybody thinks I'm wrong here. It's the point of a football fan. A football fan like me, you know, I'm not a pundit, I'm not a match of the day. I am a tribal Chelsea fan. And my responsibility as that fan is to sort of put up a V sign and say, Chelsea are the best, irrespective of facts. It's blind, isn't it? It's, it's blind, passionate, partisan, unilateral support. Irrespective of fact, isn't that what we do as football fans?
2: Well, it might be what you do because you win all the time. I don't think you get many partisan West Ham fans who say, "Yeah, we're going to win this week."
1: But surely, sometimes you get a
2: feeling, you know. Sometimes you get. Sometimes when it's West Ham Chelsea coming up, I've got a feeling.
1: But do you not, as as a West Ham fan who you know you're you're over at the London Stadium on on a regular basis, do you not sing a song? For example, we are by far the greatest team the world has ever seen.
2: No, I mean our very song says. Uh, I, flies <laughs> away, I nearly reach the sky And then like my dreams They fade and die So it's not uh, We're not a club of optimists By any chance
1: But the rule I think that your Responsibility as a football fan Is to just have I don't know if even Arrogance is the right word But just uh, I still think Obviously Chelsea lost to Palace And are in the midst Of a bit of a crisis I still think Chelsea are the greatest And I still think that Chelsea Will win every game they play oh, and Don't
2: get me wrong I, I wake up every day And I say "Thank." I'm so thankful I'm a West Ham fan.
1: Exactly. And that's the point. You you think that wrongly.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I realize I say it and then I look at the table and I think eh, yeah.
1: Well. But the point is that you do it wrongly. Um it's when you, know. you go
2: when you go away, isn't it? When you go away is when you realize, like, "Oh god, I love this club." Every time you get a bit you get a bit drunk and you get a bit sort of passionate and you think, "Oh god, I'd we lost three two in the last minute, but oh god! What oh, I had a great day with my mate. Exactly,
1: exactly, and I think unless
2: it's Swansea,
1: oh well, mate, that is as an away day, up. as an away day. Well, the thing, the thing with Swansea is, you're on your way home. You've probably, you've probably been held to a one or draw, and you're you're on a train for ages, right? You fall asleep, you wake up, you read the paper, you have a beer. You look out the window you think, "Oh, this journey's going all right." You look out the window, you're still in Wales. <laughs> like it feels, it feels so far. Like you're on the train for about 2 hours before you even get back into England. It's such a long way away. But it is it is quite a good it's quite a good away day, honestly. But I think the point it is the, the sort of debate that we're having at the moment is the role and responsibility of a football fan. And for me, it is to be as optimistic and partisan and loyal as is humanly possible, irrespective of the facts.
2: I think partisan and optimistic doesn't necessarily have to be one in the same, though.
1: But it would be very weird to be partisan op- and optimistic and go, part- I think as- Palace is going to beat us.
2: There's, you know, I'm a better person than you, because you're a <laughs> Man United <laughs> fan from, from South, South, South London, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a better person than you, but, you know, you could probably accept that. I think there's a few West Ham songs that have been sung over the years with some slightly blue language that I'm not going to uh, no, bring into the podcast. Not. Absolutely. Saying, <clears throat> you know, we're winning at home, we're winning at home, how cough, yes. cough, must you be, we're winning at home. Yeah, I think... And then we sing that away as well. So we're certainly no, we're certainly not used to winning.
1: But I think doing that doing that at home or away in a stadium and doing it sort of tongue-in-cheek is one thing. But in a pub, of, as and in fact, you are completely guilty of this, as right you should be, Rob was on my stag do. Uh, the stag was away in Seville, you know, a few months ago, and there were a lot of my friends there. All support a number of different London clubs. Rob, as a West Ham fan, took it as his responsibility to tell the world that West Ham are the greatest team, and because it's your right to do that, and I don't, I don't even know what you're doing. You're you're basically peacocking around, telling people that West Ham are <laughs> brilliant, as well. You should, but the facts would disagree
2: with you, but you do it anyway. I, your first guest, Charlie Skillen, me me and Charlie, Charlie and I, we argued long into a Spanish night about who the best club in the world was, and he goes, it's just so terrible for you, you have to wake up and you support West Ham, I was awful, I was like, Charlie mate, you're a Chelsea fan, you've got nothing, you have to go to that soulless plastic club, we don't even have a stadium anymore and I'm still... God, I'm not a Chelsea fan, this is and there's it. no no logic behind it whatsoever. But it's certainly, I see a point in that as a West Ham fan, I think I'm guys, great being a West Ham fan. Not always great following West Ham, the team. There's obviously the uh, the, the myth <laughs> in the media of the West Ham way, and I'm only 25, so as far as I'm concerned, I've never seen the West Ham way. I saw us finish. Seventh, a couple of years ago, that was quite nice. And we, you got had to one, the cup we had one, we had one final. Oh, yeah, we, we, got to, we got to the final of the FA Cup where we got knocked out by Stephen Gerrard and scored the three of the worst goals ever scored in <laughs> Cup final history and still felt hard done by FA Paul
1: chip one in from, yeah, a, from about the halfway
2: line. Paul crossed one yeah. and that went in. Uh, there was a Jamie Carragher own goal and Dean Ashton kicked one out of Rainer's hands when he was on the floor.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and yeah,
2: Liverpool yeah. scored three absolute belters, yeah, so yeah, it was a like CSA and then two from <laughs> Gerrard. And we still felt hard done by by that.
1: <laughs> you see this, is, see, this is very interesting because I think that, like, Rob and I work in the same world. We both work in, in the world of, sort of online football media. And I think that, you know, we meet an array of football fans. Everybody we work with is a football fan. It's a wonderful, wonderful world to frequent. I think that you and I approach football in a more similar way than anyone else I know. And I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult to you.
2: I know what you mean. So it's... I guess we have both been on and have guested on and even hosted at times shows where it's uh, very sort of stats heavy and analysis heavy, things like that. And we'll talk about, I don't know, Bayern yeah. Munich playing Juventus or something. And obviously as a football fan, I have a lot of interest in it. And you know, I always I keep up on things. I, I know the stats. But I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a football fan who is wanting to be in charge of that table they've got on Monday Night Football do you know what I mean yeah absolutely uh, I'm, I'm a football fan who likes fans you know I, I like going to football and being a fan I like going to football and shouting and standing up and really just being a the reprobate time,
1: generally not necessarily
2: <laughs> a little bit but not well within the law yeah always, no, always. do you know what, Rob well, I, are I, really
1: co- I completely agree with you I have I have far more interest in how many Sunderland fans are drinking in the Euston Flyer than I do how many forward passes Engolo Kante has made. Yeah, I, I think that's
2: a. I think it's a very much. Uh, it seems like a fairly modern thing to me. I can't imagine when you if you were going to West Ham Chelsea in the seventies and eighties, you'd get many fans coming out of it being like, wow. Yeah. yeah. We, we well surpassed our expected goals ratio yeah, today.
1: Yeah, I know. How's your heat map? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a very weird concept. And I appreciate that there is a place for it, but it doesn't come into my reckoning at all. Until, until, Rob, I don't know if you know this, but I, I played in a game that Opta did some stats on.
2: Oh, yeah. And
1: I got my own Didn't heat map. Didn't make the team sheet for that one. I got my, I got my own heat map. It was rubbish. I'm not surprised.
2: I thought I was brilliant. No, you're a floater. <laughs> you're <laughs> wait, such a luxury player, it's wait, unreal.
1: I thought, I genuinely thought that I I would say a sentence like this pre-seeing my heat map. I would say the sentence, oh mate, you know, I put, the run, I put the miles in, I cover every blade of grass. You know, I'm not the biggest, but boy do I get stuck in. I
2: am rubbish. That's that's the opposite of what I'd say about you. I would say Rory Jennings, <laughs> luxury player. Every time. You, you float around midfield with really short shorts. <laughs> Occasionally, get the ball and do like a bit of a turn, and hopefully pass it. But more often than not, you do things that look like they're hard work, but aren't.
1: This is this is an outrageous <laughs> slight. Do you know? Do you know what? For this this chat comes from Rob and I used to play for the same team called London City. It plays in a league that's on YouTube called the Next uh, Next Level Football. It's a really good league. Something I look forward to, to every Thursday night. And Rob and I used to play for the same side. In that, you know, my goal r- run at the moment is I'm on it. I'm yeah. sc- I am scoring. In fact, coming out this Wednesday, whenever those videos are released, score a good goal.
2: Are you playing against scoring. all the bottom feeders in the league then? The,
1: the goal does come against a slightly lower team, but you know they're optimistic. They hope they're hoping for for something, and yeah, it's a, it's a good goal, Rob. So <laughs> I look forward to seeing your comment on that YouTube uh, video. Oh, but I'll be ignoring it. Like okay, You know, I mentioned that we used to play for the same team and I'm I'm aware that you were horrifically injured and I would never, you know, I'm so upset about that. Rob came unstuck, his knee went the wrong way and I, I'm so sorry for you um, and I wish you a speedy recovery. <laughs> however, however,
2: you used to play for our team,
1: you then got a different offer and you
2: jumped ship like a deserting rat. I think that's unfair because I didn't jump ship, I was injured. You're this had nothing to do with me.
1: Mate, players players. I've never st-
2: stepped on the. I haven't stepped on the pitch for another team ever. Chelsea, I've only played for London City
1: because you're injured. It's like saying yeah. Danny Drinkwater has has uh, only played for Leicester in the since since they won the Premier League. Danny Danny Drinkwater is a Chelsea player. He just happens to be injured at the moment. You are no longer a London City I was, player I never, because you're I a Judas was never, never
2: registered in the squad. I was thrown out of the London City WhatsApp group. Correctly. Incorrectly, because I wasn't a part of the other team.
1: Mate, you are an outrage. Who's your hero? Sol Campbell?
2: Gordon Jury. No. Gordon no, probably Cotton Cole. Oh, mate, oh, mate. A is good, it? honest man, Cotton Cole.
1: This is this is a real shame. How's your injury?
2: <sighs> Still don't have a surgery date. Ugh. June the 8th, I did it. What's the date when this is going out?
1: This is going out, this is going out tonight. Tonight, it's depending on the 16th. On, what depending title. on your editing skills, Rob, it's going out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's oh, going it's going out in the... three months then. <laughs> Yeah, it's mate, it's hard. It's a pe- the peril of the, the peril of the podcast. You have to be a whiz kid.
2: Well, you just have to have some degree of organisation, which I feel is maybe your your weak point at times. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> but it's not easy. Oh, it is. It's cutting and sticking. No, no, no. It's, it's like it's like having a Pritstick, stick, but a virtual one. No, incorrect.
1: Absolutely incorrect, mate. It's very, very difficult. But you know, we're getting there, and together, together, together we will make this together. Together we will get this on the app. Right. We will make it
2: happen, won't we? Yeah, together. I, I feel like you're going to have a huge part in that.
1: There is an online... Like, you have now agreed to helping on the podcast, so if you were to back out, that would look terrible.
2: Well, yeah, I'm just waiting for when you make many, many millions out of this, Jeez. and then I'll take my rightful share, shall I? Mate, it's so exciting, these podcasts. I The,
1: the one that went up the other day, it, my, it I've loved it so much. I had some nice interaction with people on Twitter... It was good. it was far nicer than the interaction I had over the yeah web. I was going to say <laughs> I got a lot of a lot of people who are very very um, hurtful on the web Have you noticed uh, Yeah, it's usually me. The level of insult though is there, there are there are words that are used that I would never describe someone as.
2: Mm. I get I get a lot of fat I get a lot of fat comments and that's incorrect.
1: Like I mean, at least make it factually accurate if you're
2: going to do mm. that. Yeah, overweight, please.
1: No, you know I'd <laughs> go if I were to go with you I'd probably. Wait, but also injured, injured, I'd, injured. Exactly. How am I meant to exercise,
2: Rory? <laughs> I'm not going to get one of them arm cycling machines. So you where, know the ones.
1: Where, <laughs> what were well, you just sort of pedal, yeah, with, you your, pedal with your arms? Yeah, brilliant. Oh, it's man. like you're doing
2: the Mike Tyson speed bag oh, without the gloves. It's videoed
1: at the moment. God, that would have that would have made a wonderful little vine. Um, so where do you get these comments on on YouTube videos?
2: Oh no, just walking down the street. <laughs>
1: No, where does it come on on TFI?
2: YouTube. Someone tweeted me once, went out of my way. They went out their way, sorry. They said, Oh, did I just see you getting on this train? I was like, Yeah. And then they replied saying, You look like a fat Dirk Gently's. I was like, Who's Dirk Gently's? I think it's Elijah Wood.
1: Me, Elijah Wood. a
2: compliment. Frodo. You got Frodo. They asked me what train I got on, and then I was like, Yeah, that was me. Really? Uh were you on it too? Or I, like, I can't remember what I applied back, but then I got in reply, I got, um you're a fat Dirk Gentlys. In fact, no. That fat Dirk Gentlys came after something completely different. I got uh I got some comment about my double chin when it was the train one.
1: I'm looking at your this chin. Is- I'm looking at your chin now. There is, there is a single chin there at most. A, a if single, anything, if anything a single
2: chin underneath the other two.
1: No, really. I see. See, I think that you're right because an insult like that that doesn't bear any truth, you, you know, that's water off a duck's back, isn't it? It's when it's when they cut Keeps deep. Keeps me up at night. It's when they cut deep. I often do. You know what people go for with for me? I get the height issue.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I get the height issue, and if I'm sounding slightly uh, if I'm sounding slightly distant on this, it's because I'm not as close to the mic because the mic is high.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, for me. I get the height issue. I'm trying to think what else. Tottenham fans like to give me the grief. Yeah, do
2: you, do you have a particular
1: do you have a particular
2: crew that like to a fan base that well a, a rival fan, but not really. Uh, actually, when I've come on uh, your channel, I Chelsea kept, fans. Yeah, <laughs> actually, there was one time I was I was doing something with some Spurs fans, and uh, it was the West Ham Spurs game. We Oof. won one nil, uh, still in Upton Park, and yeah, in the league. I kept them, <laughs> I kept getting called a greengrocer. Okay yeah no see, I kind of like that. No, so I was see, like well I can
1: I can identify with that. See there's an insult that has some sort of grounding. I get it. I get where they're coming from. I see the foundations on which they've built that house and that makes sense. I think that there's a problem when there's no truth in it. So mm. if you're going to insult Rob, if you're going to insult me
2: be honest with it. So it honest. really hurts. Be honest absolutely. That's yeah. the ideal. So would that be would that be the crowd that would give it to you most Tottenham fans? No, it's anyone really. The thing is, well, it would be Millwall if they were relevant, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, Millwall fans would hate you.
2: Yeah, but luckily there's only six of them. Oof,
1: oof, they're going to love that. But I think you'll get away with that one on here because I can't imagine that too many Millwall fans subscribe to this podcast. No, I can't imagine that too many people do. This is this is my biggest fear. You know, I said it to Charlie in the last one. The last one went out. It was the first one. Perhaps people, you know, wanted to sample it. This is a test. This is the one I'm most nervous about because they might have listened to that one out of curiosity for oh god that was awful, and <laughs> they've gone, they've gone. There is absolutely no guarantee that anyone will ever hear these words.
2: Yeah, maybe it was because they were saying, you know, you, you always want them to share share it to their mates and let their mates know. Maybe the first one was like, oh, listen how bad this is. I know, I know. That's it.
1: Like, it's, well, it's the equivalent of going viral for the wrong reasons that I know all about. Yeah. That could that could be happening here. So th- this could this could literally just be me and you talking in a room for no reason other than the pure enjoyment that you're getting out of it now.
2: And that's enough for me. <laughs> Obviously you've got a little bit more on the line for it, but this is this works for me.
1: Yeah. But you're the you you know how these things work. How so you do a podcast called Guestalmania?
2: Yeah. It's like WrestleMania. But oh,
1: with, no, well,
2: but with yeah
1: instead of ruh. yeah Rob, I've understood the pun. Yeah? Thank you for clearing it up. I've got the pun.
2: That, so so that it's, pun that has bound me into making a show about guests.
1: So presumably it's a show about wrestling in which you involve guests.
2: Yeah, so basically, for the first sort of half an hour, we'll talk about what's happened this week in wrestling, and then the second half an hour, someone's in my house drinking beers in my living room, watching wrestling, and usually they know absolutely nothing about it. So it's just sort of getting people's reactions because it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like made up fighting in pants. And you, and, and it's from British, the outside, British wrestling, just everything.
1: W W F, or if I just show my age there, it's not called W W E. Come See, when I was it. a kid and it was like Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, <laughs> it was WWF. And IRS. The IRS, yes. What was his name? Ted DiBiase. Uh, is that
2: his name? No, he was just. he was just called, Oh, Ted DiBiase was the million dollar million man. Dollar and dollar then IRS was his, his yeah. tax man. The his guy. Mate. Yeah, 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 Erwin, yeah. yeah guy, Erwin, R. Erwin R. Scheister. Erwin R.
1: Scheister. He used to come in with a suitcase, a briefcase. <laughs> yeah, what a man. I wonder what he's
2: doing now. Um, his son is a wrestler now. In fact, both of his sons are wrestlers. Mm.
1: Oh wow! So it's in the genes.
2: Wyndham Rotunda is one of her names. What like? Said, what he a name. was born to be a wrestler. Wyndham Rotunda. He
1: was always going to be a wrestler with a name like that. One and they changed
2: f- it. They changed it to Bray Wyatt.
1: Oh, that's no, boring. Yeah. Why don't you get Wyndham
2: on your podcast as a guest, or mania? Because he makes millions of millions of dollars and doesn't need publicity from a low-performing podcast. So I guess.
1: who are, who are the guests that you get? Who just are...
2: anyone. It's it's anyone and everyone. It's so, not. I'm not looking for stars. That's appalling. Anything.
1: I'm just going to quote you. Just anyone. I've literally never been asked.
2: This is, this is a lie. You forget. Every time I tell you about it, you forget about it. No, no. When you started this, you said, you do a podcast? And then I screenshotted a conversation we'd had <laughs> not even a week before where I'd been telling him about it and Rory had agreed to come on. No, I
1: don't know if that's <laughs> I, You see, I asked you to be a guest on this podcast and the way that that manifested itself is I said, will you be a guest? You said yes. I then locked you into a time and a place and we made this podcast. You flippantly say, "Will you come on my podcast?" I say yes, and you that's forget the end about of the conversation.
2: It. You forget it even exists. Yeah, that's the end of
1: the conversation because you never
2: follow up. You Lock got, me you in. You've got no follow up skills.
1: No, you have no follow up skills. It's your podcast. I can't say yes. I'll be a guest, and then send a follow up. When am I on?
2: I've got a lot of irons in the foot. I've got my fingers in a lot of pies. You do. You have to show the will and want to be on it. Okay,
1: consider this consider this. This is a verbal contract. This is a verbal contract. I would love to be a guest on Guestalmania. Yes. I double
2: double handed fist pump celebration. He's doing it. He's actually doing it. Audio the description there.
1: Yeah, he's actually doing it. Um and will I be talking about git wrestling, yeah?
2: So yeah, you talk about Wrestling, but you don't have to know anything about it. You just say, Oh, yeah, I remember Erwin R. Shyster Oh, right. And so then we'll talk about it, and then you'll say what memories you had of it. And can I do like my top then... five
1: wrestlers? I won't go now, you can. but. Of course you can. In you... that is definitely. Do you remember the Legion of Doom? Yeah. They're in. Yeah. I won't tell you the rest because otherwise there'll be no reason for me to do
2: it. Exactly. It's like a little spoiler, a little taster. Yeah. giving
1: yeah To anyone listening to this, if you want to know who my four other favourite wrestlers are, make sure you check out Guestlemania. Tweet me.
2: I'll in, give you a link. In six months, when Rory finally comes on, oh. I'll padlock him to my. Chair or something. Oh, in mate, room.
1: I'm keen. I want it. I want it to happen. So oh, I'm Roy looking. For, I'm looking forward to that. But back to football. Are Chelsea going to beat Roma? From an outsider's perspective, should do. Okay. I don't. I, don't I think love that I don't answer. Think, That's a great answer. Non-committal. Is it away or at home? It's at home. Stamford Bridge. Yeah, you'll beat it Wednesday night. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's so. You don't think that we're part of this crisis that well today's Evening Standard thinks we are.
2: Well, you. are you're on the same points as Arsenal, and Arsenal are obviously in a crisis, but Arsenal are Arsenal, and Man, you're how Chelsea. How
1: refreshing was Troy Deeney?
2: Yeah, he was really good. How
1: good was he? Like It was just so, so refreshing to see somebody speak about football the way that we do. Because I it, would often say that Arsenal don't have the cojones. You don't yeah. expect a professional footballer to say it.
2: Yeah, he's been on a few things. He's always been quite well-spoken in interviews and I don't mean well spoken in that he's received pronunciation BBC newsreader he's you know he's honest and he's informed and he obviously understands and gets the game and you could tell from that interview that he understood himself and his own qualities and what he brings to a team and when he was talking about later in the interview being a leader in the squad and saying that you have to put your sort of selfishness to the side and how he respected how the manager tells him why he's not in the squad everything was done without Lots of ums, uhs, likes and clichés. In fact, he even said, I don't want to sound cliché, but we take taken one Which is a cliché
1: in itself, though, right?
2: Yeah, but he was justifying it. He said, because everyone was saying to him, Watford, they're fourth place in the league. They're going to, are they going to be a European challenge this year? Oh, my God, we're year? playing
1: them on Saturday. We're playing Saturday morning. They're going to beat us, aren't they?
2: Well, I don't know. They're, they're good, but they're, they've got beat 6-0 by Man City, didn't they? Maybe How they good are they, you? though? Yeah.
1: Mate, we couldn't get the ball off them. They were so good against us.
2: They were good last year. Do you remember the first six or seven games last year? They won all of them. We we already gave the title to them in October or November. That is
1: true. Um, However, for some reason, I think this year they could walk it. I really do.
2: Yeah, well, they did spend 400 million quid on... Right backs. Oh, so. You see
1: how good their bench was.
2: Yeah, it was crazy, innit? The money there is when, out as well. When but Delft's getting a game.
1: Was fa- he was brilliant against us? Yeah. When I saw Delph lining up, I thought, "Oh my God, City! The joke is on you. This is it." <laughs> Luckily, I didn't make a video. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw Delph in the in the starting lineup. I thought, "Oh, here we go. Here we go." You know, Pedro's going to have the game of his life, and Hazard's going to torment him, and Chelsea's going to win. It did not pan out like that. Fabian Delph played incredibly well that day, and. I think it was one of the most complete performances I've seen at the bridge from not him as an individual. He played very well, but from City. Mm. they Nobody comes to Chelsea and does that. We couldn't get a baller from Rob.
2: Yeah. It was
1: like what you watch every week.
2: <laughs> what do you mean? Mark it, Noble running the midfield and never lose the ball. Yeah, mate, it was it was
1: they, they are looking incredibly impressive. Um, and to be completely honest now, I hope they romp it. Well, I don't obviously I hope they romp it. I hope Chelsea win it. Yeah. But barring a miracle, I hope City romp it.
2: Yeah. Well, like I find it generally sort of less upsetting when uh, Manchester City do well than a lot of the clubs because I feel like Manchester City, when I look at them having been bought by a Saudi billionaire or whatever, that to me is just like West Ham in the north. <laughs> that might happen to us <laughs> at some point. You know, they were very much yeah, yeah. up and down between divisions. They've been, you know, they've been really bad before you got bought. You weren't. You were by no means. Whoa, whoa, title whoa, 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 whoa. But you hadn't whoa, won the title whoa. in 50 years, had you?
1: No, that's that's true, but we were knocking on so the you door. So weren't, you
2: weren't Man City? No, we were knocking on
1: the door. But you hadn't won
2: the title? Yeah, but Spurs are knocking on the door and they're not going to win the title anytime soon, are they? No, that's true. That and mean, you've, 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 you've redeemed yourself. Yeah. So you, I'd say you were in a similar position to the Spurs. You, know, you might hope for second place, third place. You might get an FA Cup here or there, but you weren't winning the title. And yeah, then that's it true. came in, the money came in, and that was that. But Man City, before they got bought, they were absolute bang av lower to mid table up and down and i always felt you know similar to west ham lived very much in the sort of i wouldn't want to say shadow because i wouldn't want to
1: admit disrespect that. but yeah, yeah, yeah. admit it or dis-
2: <laughs> disrespect the man yeah. city fans but obviously manchester united is the successful club in manchester in the same way that chelsea arsenal are the two successful clubs in london and west ham aren't yes. you know we've got three trophies ever yeah. and so do you quite like no, no, City sorry, then? The City, yeah, cups a City, and the European
1: Cup. <laughs> <laughs> a City, I knew, I knew at some point during this podcast you'd get that in.
2: Oh, a cup winners' cup. Oh, and a <laughs> World Cup. We got five. We got five <laughs> trophies.
1: City, um, I feel the same about City. City are not a club that I have any antipathy to at all. I quite like them. If anything, they are the least offensive club that could win the league, and for that reason, I want them to do well. And they just aren't a rival of ours. You know, they're, they're a trophy rival, but there's a huge difference, isn't there, between being a rival of a club and being a
2: trophy rival. Even after Bridge v Terrygate.
1: Yeah, they're not a rival. They're West Ham are far more a rival than Man City. Leeds United are far more a rival than Man City. Yeah. Um, Man City, to me, Man City are Blackburn Rovers, but they're just good at football. Yeah. It's, it's how I feel about Blackburn, but Blackburn... You know, if Blackburn were really good at football, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I do hope, I do hope that City can romp
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
2: It's it without I mean, I would never, like I said, would never want to give them the credit, but it's Millwall. It there's no. But you sing question. about
1: Chelsea. You sing about Chelsea more than you sing about Millwall. <laughs> yeah, because
2: we play about play Millwall once every ten years, and we, we we sing about Millwall every game. We sing about Chelsea every game. We sing about Spurs every game. It's one of the things I always get a bit wound up at. Is the amount when
1: you spend time singing, particularly about,
2: yeah. when when about ten years ago, every game it was. Stick the blue flag up, here. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no swearing yeah. on the podcast, kids. No
1: swearing on the podcast, kids.
2: Uh, then maybe in the sort of last five five years, it's been Spurs, ev- not every game, but quite often. Mm. And you stand up if you hate Tottenham, sit down if you hate Tottenham, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, but we've always sung about Millwall as well. And right. sometimes it winds me up. But then, because I think, oh, why, are we, why are we giving them credit? Why are we singing about other clubs now? and Everything like that. But I would say we have three teams that we... I mean, we hate everyone, but yeah. particularly it's Millwall. Then Chelsea and Spurs would be would probably change order in terms of West Ham fans. Depends, uh, yeah. I, I would say more of them will hate Spurs at the moment because Chelsea are a little bit sort of... You've just been a different sort of club for the last 15 years, haven't you? You're not, we're not rivals in terms of yes, I know placing mean. in the league ever. Whereas Spurs still don't win anything. So it's still, it's funnier to prey on the sort of delusions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, every football fan is deluded. But for a West Ham fan, it's funnier to prey on the delusions of a Spurs fan than it is for a Chelsea fan. Because yeah, a Chelsea yeah. fan will back it up f- by winning the league. Yeah,
1: a Chelsea fan will just throw a European Cup in your face the yeah, time. I think yeah. that's, that's generally my go-to.
2: Which is why we hate Chelsea as well. Because you've got history, when, obviously.
1: Whenever anyone says anything <laughs> to me, whenever anybody tries that whole, like, you know, no history, no class, all I do is put a picture back... Of Ashley Cole kissing the European Cup That's just my answer (laughs) to everything Just get that picture Ashley Cole looking at himself In the reflection of the European Cup Kissing it Send that to anybody That ever gives you any stick About class I'll
2: I'll just give you the old uh, Bobby Moore lifting the World Cup And say yep There's all us That's funny Absolutely no Bobby Charlton involved (laughs) Yeah
1: I do find I do find the way that West Ham The way that West Ham Celebrate that
2: World Cup win Is incredible yeah, but it would be, any club would do it. If that was three of your academy boys that scored all the goals in the World Cup final... Yes, and yeah. Proper West Ham lads as well. I know Martin Peters went on to Spurs, but at the time, it was a proper West Ham <laughs> You've lad. got to
1: let that one go now, Rob. He won
2: a World Cup. <laughs> I still shake my fist at him. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. I think any club would... It's That's the reason we laugh about because, it. and we always claim it, because it winds everyone else up, because they didn't have three players that scored in the World Cup final.
1: Yeah, no, it's a huge achievement, and obviously, all I'm really doing... I. If I'm being completely honest with you, I acknowledge it and would do exactly the same. But the point of being a tribal fan is that you mock what you mock. (laughs) You've got to use
2: what you've got at your disposal. And I can't say the cup winner's cup from 50 years ago is still a suitable weapon.
1: No, this is it. You use exactly what what you have at your disposal. And my responsibility when you use it is to find a way out of it. But if I'm mean being completely honest, it's obviously a huge achievement. How's it feeling over there at the moment, West Ham? Is there a, is there a buzz about the place? Karen Brady very popular?
2: Mm. Blows hot and cold, doesn't it? But, I mean, it's, it mostly blows cold. People don't like the new stadium and people don't like the owners. But if we were winning every week, they wouldn't notice, I think. It's... How is the ground?
1: Is it as bad? Obviously, I went there a couple of times last year and it was just too far away from the pitch. That was my issue with it.
2: You were up on the top stand, weren't you?
1: I was, both times, yeah. Yeah,
2: hopeless up there. Yeah. I th- I I generally what I'll do and I know you've been guilty of this a few times is I'll buy a ticket for wherever and then just run into the noisy bit yeah and, hope uh, for the and best when 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 I'm there it's fine you know it's it's not don't get me wrong it's when I say it's the same as up to park it's not the same as up to park obviously it's not but once you get into the right areas and the right games it still makes a lot of noise. And in the right games, the Chelsea game, uh, the Cup game gets Chelsea When you last, beat yeah. us, yeah. Yeah. And even even when we play like Palace and West Brom and games where there's something actually happening and the Spurs game, of course, yeah, they, they, it was brilliant, you know, it was so loud. It was so it was louder than Upton Park because there was thirty thousand more people there. But when it's bad, it's so much worse. Yeah,
1: I think that's the um, problem with these grounds, isn't it? When it's flat, it's it's pin drop kind of territory. Yeah.
2: And I think because we had such a good season the year before we moved to the Olympic Stadium, people forgot how bad Upton Park could be sometimes as well, when we lost 3-1 at home to Wolves. You know, you, you talk to people, a lot of people now, and it's it seems like West Ham never lost a game at Upton Park because it was so Im- imperious under the lights. But we were rubbish there as well. And people, yeah. people would leave early, people would get fed up, and people would sit there and pod you out and then all that stuff. <laughs> But now when you're there, because it's not home and you're not used to it and yeah. it's different and it's bigger and there's new people there and you'll have it when uh, Stamford Bridge is expanded. Oh, Rob no, and I'm training it. Spurs you. will have it when their new ground is built. You've got 20,000, 30,000 new people there that don't, I, Get am it, so worried.
1: I am so worried about our future going to Wembley. You know, we're meant to be going for three years and it could well be four.
2: You're going to Wembley?
1: Yes. Oh, or it's no. looking that way. I mean, I don't think it's signed yet, but that's certainly the, oh, the direction great. everything's pointing. Go to
2: Loftus Road. Take the oh, hit.
1: I absolutely would. You know, I think that we should take the hit and go to Fulham, but it's never going to happen. It's, yeah. ne- it's never going to happen. But going to Wembley, I think, could destroy the soul of the club for generations. Right. Like Wembley is a torturous experience on the best day. You know, a cup final at Wembley is still a headache. I do a lot of England games there. I am out. I am out of the stadium on 80 minutes at the latest because otherwise you're queuing up for two and a half hours on Wembley Way in the rain. It's so grim Mm. and I am really worried about it. And on top of all that, I have such a love, an undying, never-ending love for Stamford Bridge. It's the most... You know, Stamford Bridge is the place that I have had more happy moments than anywhere else in my entire life. Sorry, Victoria. Sorry, Victoria. Victoria, I love you, and you are you are you are the, my my raison d'être. But Stanford Bridge is definitely the venue where more, I've I've stood on a chair dancing to One Step Beyond at Stanford Bridge more than I've done that anywhere else. A couple of times at City, maybe, but that's me at my happiest. And it's it's awful to think that it's going, but thankfully we're staying. Yeah, you know, we're at least you back. at
2: least you got the same. I think that's that's another huge huge thing with West Ham and don't you really feel, maybe maybe more than what happens inside the ground, the thing you feel the most outside the ground is you don't have that walk down Green Street. You don't have... And people always complain about the transport and stuff as well, but the transport at Upton Park was useless. You always had to queue up. You must, you must have been I there always used to, always like, yeah, used to walk, end up at Plasto. Walk to Plasto or walk to East Down. That's yeah. what the smart man does. But walk, if you queue up to up in, Upton Park, it was hopeless. The walk to Plasto, though, as an away fan... Perilous.
1: Well, there's one pub. Was it called the Queen's or something like that? You had to uh, walk past the pub on the left-hand side as you're walking from the stadium to Plaster Station. Oh, yeah, well,
2: that's up, that's up Green Street. The Queens, uh, is, uh, the Queen's is on the left next to the Queen's it's, Market.
1: It's just... Walking past that pub, it was a guarantee... You know, you feel like you have a target on your back. It yeah. was just the one... I think West Ham and Tottenham are the only two grounds that I ever go to where I think, oh, God, someone's going to give me a whack. <laughs> and it was always that point, walking past it. Do you know where it felt really bad? Can you remember the game when Chelsea Chelsea won and Lampard had to retake Which one? <laughs> Ch- Lampard had to retake a penalty three times. Yeah, that was the the moment in the match. It was right in front of where I was
2: sitting. Actually, I was very yeah, low same. Then. I used to sit in, um, and were you the, down there? My stands, yeah. Oh, were you next to the, the away fans? fans? Yeah. Be-
1: behind that goal.
2: Yeah. Chaff corner. Oh
1: mate, is that where you were? I thought you were better than that, Rob. That was no, no.
2: Chaff corner was right where I belonged. That
1: was a very very uh, it's a very an- antagonistic part of the stadium. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, to be enjoyed and and certainly. Yeah, I think it's, it's it was a great stadium, much Park, and I do miss it. But I remember that day walking back for some strange reason. I got myself a new Harrington coat. I had a yellow Harrington. <laughs> yeah, it was years ago. I was yeah, a, I, I
2: wonder why. Yeah. I wonder why you had a target on your back. You had a bright a yellow bright Harrington. Hat. Yellow
1: Harrington, and in the ground, I was so happy when Lampard. I was, you know, it was probably you was giving me a load of stick. I may or may not have reciprocated. I, you know, about 85 minutes, it suddenly dawned on me. I thought, oh, my God, I've got to walk out of here. And I've got people pointing at me and pointing to the exit, and I'm, I'm agreeing. <laughs> and I suddenly thought, oh, good God, this has got terrible potential. Ended up walking to Plasto. The the five, what, what would it be, 20 seconds that it takes to walk the breadth of the pub mm-hmm. was definitely the longest 20 seconds of my life. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, But that's all to, I mean, violence aside... The antipathy and the, the hostility is all part of... And the hatred, it's all part of football. Yeah. And I think that when Chelsea go to Wembley, that will be gone. Like, where I used to oh, stand yeah. at Stamford Bridge, I used to stand in a corner of the ground, which is Gate 16 in the Matthew Harding La. Still have a ticket there. But that corner of the ground was very hostile. You could see almost none of the pitch. Yeah. Almost none of it. But it was a, it was a wonderful place to be. You'd have a very close-knit... Group of people singing constantly, being very passionate about the game, and I'm worried when we go to Wembley. I don't know if the support will ever recover.
2: I'm sure it will. It, I don't know, because you're going back in afterwards you're going back into the new stadium, isn't it? And then it's like everything gets mixed up. And that's what Spurs will have next year. And I know, like I said, I'm I'm envious that Spurs and Chelsea are both gonna have the same walking to the ground, don't have to refamiliarize themselves, not going to have their sort of old haunts replaced with a Domino's van, you know what I mean? But the... the inside the ground, when you have to meet everyone again... Yeah, you have to find... You well, you, you have to gonna,
1: identify an area that exactly. is a singing area. And you
2: are going to get... You're going to try and stand up, and then there's going to be three rows behind you that don't stand up. And that's not... For me to say whether... I, I think there should be a choice. You should have a standing section, and you should have sitting down section. I don't necessarily think that maybe uh, there is like an allotted standing. So, like what they have at Celtic is is you know that's a lovely idea. It works
1: very well for them, though, but
2: doesn't it? At, at the London Stadium now, they have at least kind of relaxed the whole stand up sit down thing because they've kind of got areas where unofficially you can stand. You stand. Do West Ham yeah, stand up three... away from home? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah.
1: See, I think that you can judge a club. You can judge a club's support on on the answer to this question. Do you, A, play music after you score a goal at home? Sinful. B, do your fans stand up away from home? And if you answer yes to any of those questions, you're a very different club to the clubs that we support. <laughs> like Palace, the other day, when they score, they play something ridiculous. It's like, it's like I feel good or something really poor.
2: Oh, uh, what is it? Glad or over. Glad all You just yeah.
1: think, let... You know, Palace have that ultra section. They're meant to be. You know, and they do make a lot of noise. You might, if they're ever going to get it going organically, it's going to be after the the moments after yeah. they score a goal. So allow them that process. Yeah, who, who did that first? What playing music after? Score? Yeah, Bolton were bad for it. Bolton used to do. Mm-hmm. I feel good. I remember Ivan Campo scoring and like what? the whole the whole because the, the problem is as soon as you play a song in, especially when there's like a beat to it, people have had a few drinks. You always get like. People dancing who shouldn't. Yeah. That's the problem. And any club that plays music after they score a goal is a club that I
2: do not like. I've got a very good memory of, uh, as in a fond memory, of going to Mid- Middlesbrough away in winter, which, can you believe it, is a fond memory. Because <laughs> they, I think they went 1 0 up and they had uh, Chelsea Dagger, which is. Then Fratelli's I'm, Yeah, I'm not that's speaking. the one yeah. Then Dean Ashton scored And it was like a Good goal as well Obviously the West Ham fans They don't play the do mu- back, They don't yeah. play the Music for your way fans But obviously the West Ham fans And then we scored Last minute Scott Parker I think it was set up By John Pantzill Ghanaian and West Ham legend What ridiculous
1: memory You had in
2: this game Yeah, Scott Parker scores Last minute I think it was his first goal For the club And obviously For the West Ham fans got held in at the end, which happens quite a lot. Even even at Hull and Middlesbrough, we get held in just because people have that perception of West Ham fans. The whole time everyone's just in there going.
1: It's brilliant. I think any time that you have the opportunity to give somebody back their own dose, it's yeah. always it's always a wonderful But event. you're
2: asking for trouble, aren't you? If you if you're playing music to just the home fans, yeah, City do it to us. City
1: play when we beat City, we beat them last minute. Fernando Torres scored a goal a few years ago. There was a mess up at the back. Joe Hart was unsurprisingly involved, and What's Torres Torres scored last kick of the game. We then did a rousing rendition of Madness, One Step Beyond. Every single time City have scored a goal against us since then, their fans celebrate by doing an <laughs> impromptu, uh, yeah, sort of uh, a cappella version of that song oh dear. yeah, Oh it definitely it definitely gets you but Rob we're going to finish we've got five minutes left and this is the time where we talk about anything that isn't football related so we can have a chat now about anything <sighs> that is and it's your decision as a guest I defer responsibility to you to have five oh. minutes of pure unadulterated anything
2: not yellow Harrington jackets not yellow we're Harrington not jackets in West
1: Ham absolutely absolutely not
2: oh Ros the bloz I don't know You've thrown it on me. I have. I have no skill of independent thought. You
1: have no skill at all of
2: independent thought? No. I've never made a, a decision on what to talk about. Five minutes. Let's let's talk about uh your experience at Lord's Cricket Ground when you went.
1: Lord's <laughs> because, Cricket Ground? Because you
2: got married there, not really knowing much about cricket, and then didn't you get forced to go to some cricket?
1: I did I did that is all true. I got married at Lord's Cricket Ground, which it was a wonderful experience. It was, well, it was the best
2: day of my life. Did you only get married at Lord's Cricket Ground so that you could use the Instagram caption where I bowled my maiden over?
1: I did like that. That's part of the decision-making process for sure. Yeah, hashtag bowled my maiden over. But it's also, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, the primary one, uh, you know this about me as a passionate North West Londoner. is
2: very near my house. Yeah, passionate, passionate North West Londoner, also known as... Lazy Northwest Londoner,
1: also known as every single Northwest Londoner that there is. Basically, if you're from anywhere that goes sort of south to St. John's Wood, north to Hampstead High Street, west to West Hampstead, and that's about it that triangle, mm. you're notorious for never leaving. There's a thing basically, any of my friends that grew up in that vicinity all still live within a stone's throw of it.
2: Well, it's a it's a Pretty nice area of London to live in, by all accounts.
1: it it is. But I think that there's something in the water that people just don't leave. But the part of the reason that I got married at Lords was because it was the nicest venue within touching distance of my house. Like I could walk to Lords. I didn't.
2: Did you? No, of course you didn't. No, I didn't.
1: We got the tube. No, what did we
2: do? Didn't get the tube on your wedding day. No, that'd be ridiculous. No, no, no. We got. You don't even get a tube on a work day. We
1: got a black cap yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was wonderful, and it certainly. I mean, since then we went back. We went back for an afternoon tea at Lords, which was very nice if you like afternoon tea. It was wonderful to be in the long room again, and you know have the have the day.
2: I of course didn't get the invite to the long room.
1: Well, you, that's the
2: pains of having a plus one. I'm afraid
1: it's the, it's the, that, pa- that's
2: what I blamed it on anyway.
1: It's it's absolutely true, but it's also the pains of everyone you know having a plus one. Oh. it's hard work.
2: It's, I, I'll never forgive Liv for that.
1: I, well, yeah, I wanted to
2: come into in the long room. And I wanted to enter the long room, nod at everyone as I walk past, tell everyone my score, which I hadn't got, then exit the long room, then walk around the outside, and then do it all again, but with a different score. Mate, I it, wanted to tell everyone the you, score that we, I hadn't we got. We
1: can organise this. I mean, it will happen at some point. We should just book a book an afternoon tea in the long room.
2: It's, it, pr- it's probably for the best. It didn't happen now because I would have turned up to your wedding in a suit and pads. Mate, this is, I'm. I'm now even more gutted that.
1: It's numbers. It's hard. Yeah, I bet. It's hard. How long have you been with? Uh, live not now.
2: long enough to have this conversation right I suppose <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's, that's
1: probably the perfect place to end Rob thank you so much for coming on I really do appreciate it this is the second one so hopefully somebody listens and hears yeah. you and if anybody is listening what do they need they need a link to Gestalmania.
2: they do they can uh, if they follow me on Twitter at Rob Armstrong underscore WH is in the bio Okay, and I'll be you, retweeting it
1: and if you don't Message me and I'll message you back, telling you exactly how to find Gestalmania. And I, when I when I come on it, yeah. that'll be a wonderful thing. I'm gonna take pictures and everything.
2: Oh God, our Chelsea supporting audience will fly.
1: Yeah, you may get one person. I might pull one person over. No, <laughs> it's Charlie skillin I genuinely thank you so much for coming on. Pledge. Um, this wraps up episode two. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And if you've enjoyed it, please leave a comment and a rating. Uh, I hope you do
2: not a troll comment though
1: no no troll comments, although I do hear that any comments are good comments like simple simple engagement is always a good thing so if you have to if you have to leave a troll comment, I can live with that as well. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.